Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Woo! Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to To Be The Man. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer himself. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest of all time, the nature boy, Rick Flair. Rick, how are you, man? Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm glad you're on the mend. Dude, I, I'm glad you survived. This time last week, everybody's talking about the hurricane. Everybody's wondering, hey, what's going on with Rick? How are you, buddy? I'm great. I, I, got, I remember I had to go to New York where Mike Tyson laid me to rest. <laughs> Boy, that went viral again. Are you guys allowed to hang out contractually without a little uh, Rick Flair? I've got to hang out with them Thursday and Friday of this week, too. <laughs> and, and I talked to Mark Wahlberg. I said, I think I'm going to burn one with Mark in Vegas. He lives there now. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, listen, boys and girls, we, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody in Florida who's suffering, man. This is, this was a pretty substantial storm down there. Was it not right? Fort Myers and Naples are no more. It's unbelievable. I mean, actually, you know, it never, it never hit Tampa. Thank God. 80 mile an hour winds, but that's it. But man, Fort Myers is, which nobody expected. It just got leveled. Dang. The weathermen are like the, uh, like, like the government. (laughs) They're fifty percent on and fifty percent off. Well, have you been in uh, in the Tampa area during a lot of big storms, or is this really like the first big one? This is the first one I've been in Tampa. I've been in them in Panama City before. What was your Panama City hurricane story? Um, I can't remember the name of it, but Ashley and Reed, Megan and David. I drove out. I we used to have a condo right next to Randy Oaks, the guy from the. Uh, Alabama, remember? Yep. And uh, we were neighbors, and I drove out of there. It hit so fast and flooded so fast. I drove out of there for about ten miles with my the water up to my wheel well. That's unbelievable. Yeah, because there's nowhere to go. You, you you drive up the beach. There's nowhere to. It's hard to drive inland. I. Uh... I mean, it came that fast. I, I mean, it was pouring into the apartment. I mean, you know, back then, I don't think the weather, 
you know, it was, no, I don't think it was as, you know, documented this early. But I mean, literally, it came into the condo, threw the kids in the car, and drove out with it right up to the wheel well. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So. Well, listen, uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody who, who had to suffer through that. I know we've uh, got a lot of mutual friends who are still without power. It's it's crazy, man. What, you what you got friends in Fort Myers? Well, I think you and I both have some mutual friends, I'll tell you off air, who uh, are, are in a bad spot right now still. Um, but, hey, you know what? We're talking about uh, a different topic today, somebody that we can celebrate, somebody that we, we all hold in high regard, somebody you were lucky enough not only to meet but to actually be in the ring with. Yeah. Huh? Antonio Inoki. Boy, what a legend. And, Rick, you know, a lot of us – Listening to this, we grew up hearing that, man, this is the guy who fought Muhammad Ali. This is the guy who helped, you know, revolutionize Japanese wrestling. One of the biggest stars ever involved in the government, but most of us never actually met him or were in his presence or knew what sort of uh, legacy he had in Japan. Most of us have never been to Japan. Can you contextualize how big of a star and how important Mr. Inoki was to wrestling in Japan? Um, only I'm only saying this out of respect and because I'm old enough, but next to Ricky Dozan, um, who probably is, I would say Inoki's the biggest star in history of Japan, bigger than Bob Mann, Ricky Dozan, because of his political background. He was a, uh, he and Inoki were partners. Of course, he, they split. I don't, I don't know all I've heard. And, and you know different reasons why they split. Then he opened his own company called New Japan, and uh, you know very similar to the back at one time. At one point in time, it was like the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. I mean, they were that big, and they, you know, like Brody and Hanson would jump back and forth. Well, Brody jumped back and forth. Hanson never left Baba, but I mean, and the, and the guys, the Americans that went over there made tremendous money. I'm talking about in the 80s, Brody and Hanson were getting like 25 grand a week. Oh, my. In the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. If, as I, when I went over there as the world champion, I got $3,000 a day. Wow. I mean, I, that's a lot of money to make back then when you go for a week. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing like now, but I mean, over then, that was over there, then that was a lot of money. Absolutely. That's big money for sure. And and it, 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 wrestling was so big back then over there. And of course you've been, so they, they, these guys, like we call them sponsors, all they wanted to do is take, hang around you. They would take you out. They'd pay for everything. You could buy pearls for your wife, for a girlfriend, custom made clothes. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. You've been right. Yeah. I, I went to wrestle kingdom a few years ago. It was fantastic. Yeah, you told me that, yeah. Really uh, a, a surreal experience. But Anoki, man, he was uh, a giant, you know, a, a, a huge star. And then, boy, he's Korean. The the legacy he had in Japanese wrestling, though, oh. to be able to to leave Baba, start your own thing. I mean, it was, and, and then involved in all those major moments. I mean, the I think the the whole Ali thing captivated everyone's attention. What do you think of that? Well, he actually heard Ali. You know that, right? Yes. I, I thought it was very boring myself to watch. I didn't care for it, but he yeah. he kicked Ali's leg and he heard him. That would have been just a couple of years after you got in the business, right? Um, yeah, June of 76, yeah. 
Yeah, so I've been in the business for what four years. That's probably right. Was right after the airplane crash. My airplane crash. It's just amazing to me to think about. Yeah, you know, but to go over to to, to go to North Korea with him was a to this day the worst trip of my life. But I, I did enjoy him, and we came back and uh, I'm trying to think of the island we went to where we wrestled again. Not he and I wrestled um, another one of the guys, a big time guy. Um, there's an island there. Um, I can't think of it. Um, and we went to a big festival and all that. And I gave him, I gave him a uh, gold bracelet I had. I mean, I thought a lot of the guy. We'd never talked. We'd, we'd never even met. And uh, you know, the, the dressing rooms, of course, in that place were 80 miles apart. Joe, the referee, said to me, he said, um, I think it was Joe was the referee, and just said, he says he he says he trusts you. <laughs> so I was being kind of a smart ass trying to make any humor. I said, tell him it's like leave I said, tell him it's like riding on a gray home bus to leave the driving to me. <laughs> I, I I got that line from Larry Henning. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Kid, pretend like you're riding on a gray home bus and leave the driving to me. <laughs> <laughs> we never talked and you know um some of the japanese boys are guilty of, of hearing what they want to hear <laughs> but he, he he could speak and he understood and it worked out great but it's strange you know i mean i look at it now and i, I don't know i don't think there's five guys in business that could have a match without talking about it first because you know they haven't done it not that they couldn't but they never had to do it Talk to me a little bit about uh, New Japan. I mean, these days, everyone really keeps up with, with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, going back to the Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho era, uh, a lot of American fans started really paying attention to it, but it was actually born in 72. I mean, the it's a spinoff, if you will, of all Japan Pro Wrestling. And, you know, 72 is really getting going when you're getting going in wrestling. What was your first memory or recollection of new Japan and the reputation represent reputation it had relative to all Japan. Um, the reputation he had was being just a really good businessman and people liked him as they liked Baba. Um, so, um, I, I don't, you know, I would just did, I didn't see any really heat between those two guys. I never heard, of course, I wasn't around them enough personally, but I never heard them speak badly of each other. It just, it created a, a tremendous atmosphere for wrestling. I mean, and like, instead of building off that, then it became harder and harder to get TV, then they fought over TV. And, you know, we even WWE has been unsuccessful to, unless something happened in the last year to strike a deal with TV over there. It's very difficult to get TV. And that's what basically, you know, ended up hurting both of them. It's, uh, it's crazy to think about, you know, these giants in pro wrestling and all that they contributed, but you mentioned a name a minute ago, uh, you know, we've all heard giant Baba. We've all heard Antonio Inoki, but Ricky Dozan, boy, he's like the, the legend of all legends in Japan. How big of a shadow does he cast over pro wrestling? At least during your experience in Japan, Inoki, Ricky Dozan. Oh, God, when I first got over there, that's all you heard about was Ricky Dozan. You know how he died, right? 
I, I heard, and again, this is rumor. They would carry $2 million around with them in U.S. currency and had, and had it handcuffed to them. And they followed him into the bathroom, killed him in the bathroom of a restaurant. It was cut a, off his wrist, or, or I don't know, they cut off his wrist or cut off the, the bracelet and took the money. He was a full-fledged gangster. Okay. As I'm, as I've been led to, to understand, you know, I mean, you've, you've seen a movie like um, Purple Rain and that, where they there actually is a, uh, you know, as there is in society everywhere, there are, you know, powerful people that probably aren't the most honest. Um, you know, we call them gangsters over here, or the mob, or whatever. It exists in Japan too, as it does everywhere. Uh, it looks like um, there was a stabbing incident, I, I guess is what I'd heard. And, and quick little Google search here. Yeah. Make your Mr. Ricky Dozan. So, uh, t- talk to me a little bit about Giant Baba. You know, this is a guy who, you know, we know is uh, maybe due to the politics, a former NWA world heavyweight champion, even for a cup of coffee. Uh, but you, you had to have a ton of interaction with all Japan and. Baba family, yeah. Talk me through that. Well, I even knew, I even knew Matoka real well. They they, they kind of ran that business together. Matoka was his wife, and of course, while I was there, um, everybody from Dory and Terry booked uh, for them, and then eventually uh, that's where John Laurinaitis made his money, and a lot of it. John took over the book uh, and booked and uh, for Baba for. God, I would say 10, 12 years. Let's, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the Ali bit for a bit. Meltzer had this to say the most famous encounter was actually one of the biggest catastrophes in wrestling history, but should have been a shining moment for the business that possibly could have changed the very face of the business worldwide. Shinma and Inoki reached the deal to get Ali, the reigning heavyweight boxing champion and the biggest sports star in the world to work a world boxing champion versus world wrestling champion match on what was billed as the martial arts world championship on June 25th, 1976 in Tokyo. They got Ali through a $6 million offer, which at the time was more money than Ali had ever received for any of his previous fights. And because it was supposed to be a works match, minimizing the chance for serious damage for Ali. So that's sort of the way it's laid out a $6 million offer years before that's commonplace. And then of course we would see years later, I just want to contextualize this. I know when people talk about the first WrestleMania, they talk about Ali. That was nine years after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, this is a big deal to have Ali here. Oh, I mean, maybe one of the biggest coups of all to have Ali at, in, in Korea yeah, to have Ali face, uh, um, Antonio enough. Oh, oh yeah, of course. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. I get, I started thinking about Korea because I, because Ali went to Korea too, as you know. Sure. Um, oh, I'm sure it was my God. You know, I don't know if you guys remember years ago, years ago, I'm sure Conrad, cause you're a sports guy. You'll remember this. Um, the, um, Archie Moore, who was, they say pound for pound, one of the greatest latest boxers of all time fought, um, wrestled and boxed with Roy Shires, that promoter from California. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. And Archie Moore, I mean, Archie Moore could have, you know, 
very simply beat the hell out of me, didn't. But and then and I also and I I think I've told you that I traveled because Joe had problems. Fraser, I traveled in Puerto Rico with uh for uh, ten days with Joe and his wife, and uh, he was wrestling um, Victor Javik every night and get beat by Victor. I've seen a lot of that, you know, and I hate to see it at the end of their career where they end up with no money and have to do stuff like that. But, I mean, Ali, I think the greatest thing you can say about Ali and, and, it, and this, I'm getting off the base of the Anoki for a minute, but, you know, a lot of people were upset, but when Ali carried that torch in the 96 Olympics, the one that Kurt was at in Atlanta, I mean, that, that was it. And um, yeah. when you got a guy of that that kind of recognition over there in Japan. And he was like a god everywhere he went. I mean, we know that. He, he fought in Zaire against uh, Foreman. And, well, you just can't say enough about him. He was a tremendous guy, and he did tremendous things. And I think that, um, like like we both decided, or we both commented, I don't think the match was worth a damn him and Anoki. But the fact that he was there um, made it made it huge. Yes, absolutely. Man, oh man, do I love my rec tech and I love bragging about my rec tech because they've made grilling so easy. I've been a big grill guy for a long time. And listen, if you think you're a master griller or you think you got it figured out because you got a tasteless gas grill, no, sir. Maybe you're like me. Once upon a time, I was foolish. I had the messy charcoal grill, thought it was a rite of passage. Spent a lot of time guessing a lot of frustration. Not anymore. Now I've got a wood pellet grill. From Rectech, maybe the best grill I've ever had. Actually, I'm certain it is. I use it five days a week, no exaggeration. And Rectech has grills for every lifestyle and every budget. They start at just $3.99. No matter what Rectech you pick, it's a key focus on flavor, convenience, and versatility. But here's what I like as a businessman they cut out the middleman. That's right, you get factory direct pricing, it means you're going to save some money. They'll even save you some money because they ship their grills for free. They really stand behind their Rectex. They all come with a six-year bumper-to-bumper warranty. Think about that. Six years? Bumper-to-bumper? Come on, you can't beat that. I have to admit, I had a wood pellet smoker before I had a Rectech. It wasn't nearly the quality. You sit them side-by-side, side, you can just tell the difference. Rectech is a more substantial product. It's high-quality stainless steel built to last a lifetime. I'm talking about the RT700. This is their flagship model from Rectech. It comes with a 40 pound pellet hopper, 702 square inches of cooking space, the PID Wi-Fi controller, the six year bumper to bumper warranty. You can bake, you can smoke, you can sear, you can grill. You can even dehydrate all on the press of a button. This Rectech's unbelievable. That's why everybody has chosen Rectech. The app that comes with it is unbelievable guys. You can turn your grill on. You can turn your grill off. You can adjust the temperature, the thermostat up or down. But most importantly, you can get your meat to the perfect temperature. No more guessing. Join an elite wood pellet grilling family. By focusing on flavor, convenience, and versatility, Rectech has set the new standard in grilling. Visit Rectech.com. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. Use that promo code NatureBoy5. You'll get 5% off everything. The grills, the coolers, the rubs, the sauces, the accessories, the merch. Everything's 5% off at R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. And the promo code is natureboy5, rectech.com. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing to think, you know, that we, we had multiple instances where we could 
say that we had Muhammad Ali involved. And of course, in that era, you know, this is uh, around the same time that the movie Rocky is going to come out. And a lot of people think that's loosely based on Chuck Wepner. And Chuck had just uh, wrestled Andre the Giant for the WWF. Yeah. Uh, did you think that this was maybe the future of the business? These celebrity interactions, these big boxers as one-offs. I mean, Ali versus Anoki, Webner versus Andre. Did you think that could catch on, or did you sort of see that as a sideshow spectacle? Back I then? saw that as a sideshow spectacle. The only thing I, the coolest thing I ever saw besides um. And it was really cool. Now that I'm with him all the time, we talk about it. But the thing that WWE would do with Mike Tyson and uh, Stone Cold and Sean was, was the best. When when Mike was still in really good shape, remember? Right. At WrestleMania. I mean, that was that was some good stuff. <laughs> Brother, my, my, Mike's a machine. He's in good shape now. I, You know, he'll hate me saying this, but that Jake Paul don't want nothing to do with Mike Tyson. Oh, no, I don't think so, yeah. They keep throwing that out there. One of the days Mike's going to say, yeah. <laughs> Brother, he, he built like a brick shit house still. Yeah, I don't know that I'm going to fight Mike Tyson ever for any reason at any age. No, why would you? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> you think anybody messed around with him in the joint? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Probably not. So this, uh, this Anoki Ali match we've been talking about did a 54.6 rating, Wow, a 54.6 rating. Not only that, what, 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 what's considered good. I mean, if, if wrestling gets a 2.0, people are high fives right now. Oh, 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 50, I, I'm talking about, I'm sorry to get what you meant. You mean talking about rating on TV? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. 54.6 million. Uh, oh, my God. Did it really? This is the rating for Ali Anoki. And that's the afternoon feed because it's live there. But they, they did a replay that evening. The replay got a 26.3 rating. Oh, my God. Uh, and, and even though the, the match is in Japan, uh, there's 14,000 fans there at the Budokan Hall. It's an all-time gate record yeah, of two I and a half million. Times. But. They're still selling tickets here in America, so you can watch it on a closed circuit. That did $150,000. And Ali only got $6 million for it? I don't know that he even got all of that. Because as I recall, it was not a huge financial hit. But when it came to captivating attention, Ali and Anoki did the trick, boy. So it was on TV rather than pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, that didn't really exist. (laughs) You go do closed circuit, but that was as far as it went. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And, of course, Anoki would win and trade the WWF title with Bob Backlund between two matches, one in Japan and then one at uh, MSG. And that wasn't ever really acknowledged by the company until he passed. So then Hunter did allow Corey to acknowledge it on TV. Why do you think Anoki's win was never acknowledged by the company? I have no idea. I wasn't aware of the fact they did that. You just made me aware of something I knew nothing about. How was the match? Uh, well, it's, I, I have no idea, but it's, it's Bob Backlund and Anoki. We could probably use our imagination and visualize that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had, he being, uh, Anoki Hulk Hogan's most watched match too. Yeah. I think when people think about Hulk Hogan's most watched match, they usually think about the main event from 1988 with Andre, the giant and Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. or maybe they think about, you know, him losing the Goldberg on nitro or. Lex Luger beating him on Nitro. Those are all huge ratings bonanzas. 
but his match with Antonio Inoki drew a much bigger rating. It's crazy to think about, man, Inoki, such a megastar. You put him with Hogan in the early days, huge. You put him yeah. with Ali, huge. And then somehow, some way, he winds up in WCW in 1994. He came in to have a, a pay-per-view match with Lord Steven Regal. Do you remember him showing up for that event? Inoki? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I sure do. Were you surprised that he would come to a WCW pay-per-view like that? No, because Eric was dying to get in, uh, to do business with those guys. Uh, I'm not sure what what, what the financial arrangements were. I, that, that's when I same t- point, same time when I was wrestling um, Fujinami. Remember? I think, I think uh, this is when the Hulk Hogan era is there. They just sort of brought him in as some sort of spectacle. And as the story goes, Mr. Regal asked Mr. Anoki to choke him out for real and, uh, quite a spectacle. And less than a year later, I guess what, maybe what we're most famously talking about Mr. Anoki for today, you would take Anoki on in North Korea. Mm-hmm. What a freaking story. Uh, as the legend goes, Eric asked you fourth, he asked George Foreman. He asked Hulk Hogan. He asked sting. And you somehow accept and, uh, Muhammad Ali's there. And, no, but, but the same thing I accepted, but I got lied to again. It was never supposed to be taped. Never supposed to be aired. Got taped, got aired in Japan, animated DVD. <laughs> they, they made a DVD of it. I never got a dime. I don't, I don't know that there ever was a, a DVD here in America. Maybe there was over there, but I don't think oh, that yeah, over there. I'm talking about, no, there was one made here. Are you kidding? I'm pretty sure there was one made here. Well, DVDs didn't okay. exist in 95. So huh? DVDs didn't exist in 95. Okay. Not DVD. A, um, well, oh, let's put it like this. It aired a home release. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? A home release. They did some sort of video home video release. Yeah. There you go. Home video. Is that right? So talk to me about. Uh, you have to, you have to, bring, you have to remember my age and my, oh, no, I get current, it. my, my, my current, uh, time frame of when DVDs became popular in that home video. There you go. Uh, talk the to me about the story is though. I got no money. <laughs> what about, um, you'll be bigger than Lawrence Taylor. That's the pitch. <laughs> that was the line that was given me. You'll be more famous than Lawrence Taylor when you get back. <laughs> okay, Eric. <laughs> I mean, technically he's right. I think you are more famous than Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> back then, I don't know. It might be not back then. But you couldn't have told me that while we were sitting over there in the hotels with our passports being confiscated. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about what a crazy experience that must have been. Because shit, You have no idea. And me and Ali sitting at Marigold Hall, which is the equivalent of their capital. A capital of the uh, equivalent of their White House, and this all this guy is doing is talking about how bad, with, you know, with an interpreter, you know, talking right next to him, um, how much they hate the Japanese and hate the Americans, and Ali, who hasn't said a word in two days, <laughs> Tathy and Lagan said, "No wonder we hate these son of a bitches." I said, "God, don't start talking now, man, please." <laughs> That's one of my most famous stories. <laughs> he hadn't said a word. He tapped me in the leg. He said, no wonder we hate these son of a bitches. 
Good Lord. Please, Muhammad, not now. My goodness. <laughs> so when you get there, you know, let's talk about Anoki because again, this is, uh, in this time, in this era, he's trying to make some political moves. He's still a huge figure in professional wrestling and sports in that part of the world. And somehow, some way it's going to be you and him putting together a match. Were you nervous, anxious, excited? Did- no, no, literally I, I, I didn't get to talk to him. I was just excited to get out of there. They said, do you have no, no, you win. I said, no problem. <laughs> that, no discussion. How? Kick to the back of head. Okay. <laughs> tell him I'll tell him when to do it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that, that's all. I couldn't, I don't, I had never met him. Isn't that funny? I mean, I met him in briefly to say hi in 94, but you know, I mean, I've, I had met him. I shouldn't say that, but I'd never talked even never tied up with him, never worked with him. You know, I watched him wrestle a couple of times and, and, um, you know, just, he, he respected me and I respected him. And I, I was, I, you know, I say it to this day, we made, we made music. It was great. The, uh, the observer would say this, it was the first time Anoki and flair, two of the five biggest stars worldwide of this generation had ever been in the ring together. Reports we received where it was the 52 year old Japanese Senator's best match in a few years. Flair wrestling in the first main event since the so-called retirement in October was heavily praised for his ability to carry Anoki. There was an unbelievable crowd chant for Anoki when he came out. Well, let's talk about that. Is this the biggest crowd you ever wrestled in front of? 190,000. Yeah. Yeah. For by far. And the, the only guy they ever cheered for the whole time we were there was Anoki. Wow. That tells you the, the, the stardom he had, even in that part. What's that? That tells you the level of stardom he had, even in that area. No, I mean, you can hear the crowd. No, don't yeah. understand me, but they, the, the, I think when we first got there, I think I told you the story. I was in the box the first night, right? With one of the, uh, sports ministers. And he goes, how come that guy can take that guy down so easy and do all this? How does that, why is he jumping in the air? Someone had done a leapfrog or something. Yeah. I said, I don't know. You won't see any of that phony shit in my match. Oh God. I love that. <laughs> That's what I said to him. <laughs> I was hitting the Noki as hard as I could. <laughs> Those guys don't care. They can take it. He was a tough kid, man. And 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 and, and that what Steve Regal said is just what the kind of man Steve is. He said, "Choke me out." He meant it because Steve is an old school guy and he fears nobody, as everyone knows. And. Um, Steve's tough. He's like fit. Those guys are tougher than hell. They're they're taught how to wrestle overseas like that because they they have to pay the price to get in the business. Uh, of course, uh, Anoki finishes the match with a reverse kick, a knee drop off the top rope, and an enziguri for the three count. Uh, how I know we've we've sort of talked about this sort of tongue in cheek, but how difficult is it really? You, you don't speak the language. You're not afforded the opportunity to talk to the guy before the match. Biggest crowd of your career. You're told it won't be filmed, but you see cameras everywhere. You're in a unique environment to say the least. This has to be a nerve wracking situation. Is it not? It was, but I was in no position to say anything. I just, I just knew I've been lied to and had, 
And now I, you know, I, I don't know why. See, here's the, here's the part that bothers me. Is George Foreman, I have no idea. I, I know George real well. But I have no idea why he said no. Hulk said no. Sting said no. Who else was it again? Who uh, else was ahead Foreman. of me? George Foreman. Oh, and Foreman, yeah. I, I don't know how I don't know how Hulk and Sting got to say no, and I had to say yes. <laughs> I guess I just tried to get along in the business back then. But well, just ultimately another lie, you know. Um, I, you know, people think that 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 me going there was great, and, and 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 it probably was a great experience for me. But um, I don't even know how to explain. Um, I, I I mean, I think everybody there was miserable. The Steiners were miserable. I mean, they turned off Scott Norton's phone. You couldn't talk to his wife. You couldn't say anything detrimental. Like you couldn't even if you were complaining to your family member. You know, it was hard to reach, hard to call out. It was just a miserable situation. I mean, the average, the guy that was taking care of me, and th this is how, how scared I was, and I'm, I'm not afraid, or I'm not, um, I'm not ashamed to say that I was scared. When the guy said to me, I make six American dollars a week. I wanted to give him my Rolex. To yeah. say, brother, you can have this, just get me the hell out of here. <laughs> six american dollars a week that was 95 well nature can't believe this is real but woo wings your very own virtual restaurant concept is now open and fans can enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with their uber eats or postmates app woo wings is now open in nashville san antonio Jacksonville, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa, right here in Alabama. Many more locations coming soon. As a virtual restaurant, Woo Wings is looking to partner with existing restaurants in major metro areas. Tell your favorite sports bar or local restaurant you want Woo Wings in your town. And to visit RickFlairWings.com for more information on how to become a partner. But if you're in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Huntsville, or Tuscaloosa, just hop on your Uber Eats or Postmates app. And look for Woo Wings and try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time world heavyweight champion, Woo Wings. Be sure to check out RickFlairWings.com to become a partner. Uh, did you ever see Inoki again after Korea? I know he went in the Hall of Fame in 2010 for WWE, but you weren't there at the time. And just wondering, did you, would you have ran across him again since Korea, or was that it? Nope. Uh, the only guy I've seen... Uh since um i went there uh i saw fujinami and i saw muda and, and with reed in 2012 when i took reed there to uh to wrestle for uh muda i think muda was on AEW tv the other day is that true he was yes sir yeah is he, is he working full-time there now no, he just made an appearance at the Arthur Ashe Stadium to take on uh, Sting and a surprise, and I guess it set up Sting being a part of uh, one of the great Muda's last matches over in Japan, too. Oh, cool. Is Sting going to participate in it? Yes. Oh, against Muda? Yes. In Japan? Yes. Oh, great, great. How, how was the match they had there? Oh, it was fun. It was fantastic. It was a tape show. Uh, it, yeah. was, uh, it aired on the Friday show. Yeah. Um, 
Hey, what do you think about the Friday show? Have you had a chance to catch the Friday show? No, Dynamite no, no. on Wednesday, but Rampage is on Friday and been a lot of discussion about it. And they've really put a lot of emphasis on it. They've even started to have Jim Ross do commentary on the taped Friday show. So they're trying to make it. Well, um, yeah, it just, it, it comes on like at 11 at night, right? Or 10. It goes on right after SmackDown. So here in Alabama, it's on at nine, but on the East coast. Yeah. It's on at 10. And I think this Friday, Andrade is going to be wrestling uh, 10 from the yes. dark order career versus mask. So folks are going to be tuned in this Friday for sure. Yeah. I don't, I haven't, I haven't spoken with him. I knew, I knew he had a big match. I saw him uh, in Montauk with uh, Ashley. Um, she was there last week for that conference for, uh, um, for Chad, but um, I, I didn't ask him. I knew that he, he had taped that. I really don't know what, um, I really haven't really kept track of what he's doing there. You know, I, I had hoped, as I told you before, I wish I did, Tony had let me manage him because it, he is a f- absolutely phenomenal worker and a tough, tough kid. I wish I could have managed him, but, uh, you know, I guess Tony just, just elected not to go, to go with me for whatever reason or go with him or whatever. So, well, what we're going with is, uh, the idea that unbelievably you're celebrating your 50th anniversary. We talked about it a few weeks ago. And then of course we were supposed to talk about it last week, but the hurricane had other plans. Mm-hmm. I think based on what I saw, like you had a pretty cool party, a pretty cool little celebratory cake there. Yeah. Tell us about your, yeah. uh, your big party for 50 years of flair. Um, well, actually, I, you know, I, I, I decided just to scale it down. And it was uh, Joe and Dino, Wendy came, um, you know, um, at one time I was going to invite Ashley and, and Manny and then you and me and that. And I thought, God, it's just, that's just my ego saying, do, do, it, do, it, do it. It was just like 10 people, but it was nice. And uh, Sophia was there because she lives here. Yeah, last night we celebrated Sophia's birthday. Um, but it was, it was a real nice time. It was real nice. Just, you know, smaller, but. You know, me, I started thinking about it. it what, what do I want to do most on a Sunday afternoon is watch NFL football. Right. And next time you come here to visit, hopefully with Dave, if we keep working on his woo wings, um, I'll take you there because it, 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 they've remodeled the inside of this place and they've got uh, probably 20 to 22 televisions. Oh, wow. So they, they've got every game on. It, it's phenomenal. And it's, it's a nice place. And they have really good food. So next time you and me can come this way, which I hope is soon. Yeah. Um, I'll take you there and we'll watch football and all that. You know, and I'm hopefully, did you ever look at the, the date for the old Miss game with Alabama? You know what? That's a good question. Let's look at that right now. I know it's I, coming I, up. I was hoping they'd play. I hope no, I don't think they can beat Alabama, but you guys are back at number one this week. We are back at number one, and we're going to be on the road taking on Ole Miss on uh, Saturday, November 12th. November 12th. Boy, if yeah. I'm off, man, I'm going to make it. Would you go? Yeah, hell yeah. You know, you know, can get us good tickets. I, I got I got a friend over there, but I'm sure you got to hire up one. How's no, that? no, just Dixie. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't think about Dixie, that. She, she's invited me a bunch of times. I forgot she's an old Miss gal. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we had talked to her originally about doing the roast, and then she was in, uh, out of the country for a while. So, yeah. Well, listen, let's talk about 50 years of flair. Uh, you broke into the business 50 years ago. Yeah. Of course, all the credit goes to Vern Gagne. Uh, but absolutely. 
I know that you've tweeted out thank yous to Greg Ganya, the Iron Sheet, Ken Patera, Jim Brunzel. Walk me through your first memories of that camp with the Ganyas. I mean, it's something that, and only my, my new documentary talks about it a lot, but it's just something you wouldn't believe it. Um, um, in the winter, in the cold, in a barn. Yeah, I'm just trying to think how to explain, how to explain it. I, well, I weighed 300 pounds. Ken had just gotten back from Munich, 72 Olympics. He weighed about 330. Of course, Cosner was 190 and always, you know, he was back then in tremendous shape. Uh, Greg and, and uh, Jim had played college football, so they were in decent shape. But I had no, we got there outdoors, 30 degrees. We're, we're, we ran two miles around a cornfield. Oh, my. And then 500 free squats, 250 push-ups, and 250 crunches or sit-ups. Took me six and a half, seven hours. I I, I couldn't believe it. We never, and then by then it's it's um it's dark. It's probably 25 degrees at night. So I I just got in the car and went home and I went God I'll I'll give one more. I went the next day and I quit the next day. I did it again and I quit and he came over and got me. It's, Infamous story. I was living in a duplex. He walked right in the front door to me, knocking on the door, grabbed me out of the couch, slapped me, and threw me out in the front yard. Said, You've quit on, you quit football in college, you quit on your parents. You know, he gave me a big lecture, and you're not quitting on me. <laughs> so I went back out again. I, I, I think I did, I think I tried to quit again, and he, 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 but you wouldn't, you, I mean, they would beat you into exhaustion. I mean, you know, how, First of all, what's, what's uh, Vince Lombardi's greatest saying? Fatigue makes cowards of us all, right? Yes. Well, they would, and then they would blow you up so bad. Then they put you on your back and tell you to try to get away. I mean, hold you down. You know what I mean? I'm, and I'm talking about literally just stretch you. Wow. And, and, I, and I thought, my God, this has nothing to do with learning how to wrestle. I want, I've been watching the Crusher and the Bruiser. <laughs> Oh, I want to talk about be drinking beer and chasing fat women like the Crushers did. <laughs> right, right. I mean, we didn't even learn about a headlock takeover for the first three weeks or or how to fall on your back. It was just beating the shit out of us. I mean, Cosro, man, Billy Robinson dropped. Cosro was an Olympic-style wrestler. You know, freestyle, you lay on your stomach, and the idea is to turn the guy over, right? Well... In amateur wrestling, the way we do it in high school wrestling, is you, you know, you get down in a, in a stance with your with your hands out like this, yeah, and and you're on your knees, right? And he told Conrad, he told Robinson, said, get in that referee's position, and he dropped his knee into Conrad into Cosro's thigh. Cosro couldn't walk for two weeks. Oh wow, that was that bad an injury? Oh yeah, unreal. So we, I just don't have a lot of sympathy when I see anybody whining today about anything. I mean, we re, we really got the shit. And then to learn how to take a backdrop, we did a backdrop out of a hayloft. Oh, my. Yeah, before we even got in the ring. It was amazing. Just a different, different time in life. How do you think your life would have been different had you not gone back into wrestling like had he not come to your house and slapped you around and made you do it what do you think you would have wound up doing instead oh i probably would have gone back on my own if he had let me come back i well, i don't know what i would have done 
I, the minute I, when I quit and went home, I, I was lost. I said, what am I going to do now? Not anticipating him coming over. I just, it, I, I, the thing of it is, if I'd been prepared for that, it'd be different. But I didn't know we were going to do any of that. Right. I would have gotten myself in much better. I had a whole month that Ken was gone. I would have gotten myself in shape to do it. It's not that I couldn't do it, but I weighed 300 pounds. Right. And hadn't run a mile since my freshman year on the, on the football team. Well, everybody had to run a mile the first day. Yeah. But I only weighed 230 pounds then. You know, and then I gained all that weight to, to be, I wanted to be like Ken and be the strongest man in the world, whatever, which I was never going to be. But I, I know I, I wanted to be a power lifter and all that shit and went through that whole crazy part of my life. Like a lot of, a lot of guys do. Um, but I just wasn't prepared for that. It's not that I couldn't do it. It's just, I wasn't prepared. And I just, I mean, it was so damn hard. And, you know, and then walking on, then walk, can you imagine walking 21 floors on your hands? No. You'll barreling the guy upstairs. No. I mean, come on. Who does that? So talk remember, to me about Gary Oldfield, the, the, the shot putter. No. The, the guy that did a spin around Gary, Brian, huh? Brian Oldfield, right? You can okay. Google him. I'm doing you know, it. You know how long he lasted at wrestling camp? How long? One hour. Oh, really? He left. He was there for one hour. He said, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. Do not come to Burning Guy's wrestling camp and think you're just going to walk in the door. Talk to me about Greg Gagne. He's what, maybe a year older than you, maybe a little less than that. Did you know he was Vern's son? What was your relationship? Oh, yeah. Like? Greg and I, we were each other in college. I just talked to him the other day. He's had a rough go of it. You know, his wife died of cancer. Oh, man. And, uh, but his children are okay. And, uh, I spoke with Brunzel. I saw the Sheik. Uh, everybody's still alive, which in this day and age is a miracle, if you think about it. Yeah. All the guys we've lost. Uh, Brunzy and his wife, Mary, we went out for the first time. I, you know, everybody is very protective now. Kind of like we talked about one of our friends that didn't want to attend the event. And they went out last Friday night and got COVID. <laughs> so people are still afraid as they get older. You know, I, I guess I'm one of the rare birds. I just... I'm just going to keep on going, man. I'm not, you know, I can't think about catching COVID. I, I worried about all that stuff when I was training for the match. Yeah. And then I got all the way to the match and I was in the best shape of my life, better than I've ever been. I mean, I could do everything that I did the day I started wrestling. And I was 218 pounds and I forgot to, to, de to hydrate. So, you know, I'm just, I hope that, um, I, I finally saw the card for, uh, um, Ricky's match. I just hope that he, um, you know, like I think I hope it'll probably be really good. Um, I wonder who the third guy will be. Is there a, there's a mystery partner, right? There's a mystery partner. And a lot of folks online are saying, Oh, Rick's already telling everybody he's not really retired and he'll never retire. It's Rick. Oh so. no, no. I wish it was. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's funny. I, even though it, if things didn't work out perfectly, it, it motivated me to get to really get back in shape. And that's the key right. thing. And I've never, and I'll be honest with you, I missed all that time that you and I and Megan and everybody had together. That was a, I mean, I'm, you know, we got, we were seeing each other what, every couple of weeks then during yep. all that. Absolutely. That's what I miss now is that yeah. we're back. I'm back on the road, like every weekend selling marijuana, man, getting high. There you go. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought?
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Listen, man, I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to just do me a favor and run on over to savewithconrad.com. Get yourself a quick quote. My man, Andy M just left us a five-star review over at conradreviews.com. And he had this to say, the effort and communication from Josh was above and beyond. We ran into several unexpected hiccups along the way, but Josh kept us informed and kept looking for options to get things done. In the end, we were still able to refinance to a 15 year loan, where we're going to be able to pay it off in 10. And we took enough cash out to pay off our credit cards, my truck loan, and even buy my wife, her very first new vehicle. We're going to save over $500 a month from what we would have been paying without the refinance. We can't thank everyone enough. Now guys, that right there is a win, win, win situation. Let me explain over the last couple of years, your house is probably worth more than ever. Now, what you do with that equity is up to you. And what I'm going to recommend is we do what our man Andy did. Andy took himself from a 30 year loan down to 15 years, but he's planning to pay it off in 10. Now, how can he afford to do that? We got rid of all his credit card debt, just like that. We got rid of his truck loan and we even got him enough cash to get his wife a new vehicle. The result, cheaper monthly payments. How does that happen? How do you get a new car, pay off a truck and get rid of your credit cards and cut years off your loan? You go to savewithconrad.com. We're going to get you cheaper monthly payments. And how's this for starters? No house payments for the next two months. That's right. You can skip your next two payments. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And buddy, if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. And here's the best part. We don't say no. We say not yet, but here's how. I don't care if you were late here or there. Maybe you had a bankruptcy back in the day. Maybe you were late on a credit card. We're going to help you figure out how to get in the situation that your family needs now and long-term. We want to be your mortgage advisor for life at savewithconrad.com. So Rick, let's talk about 50 years of flair, man. There's uh, not a lot of people who can say that they've had the career that you've had just five decades in anything, you know, beyond wrestling into a, the pulp, the pop culture sphere. But a lot of people have said over the years that you were the number three prospect in that initial training camp. Had you heard that? And if so, who did they think would be a bigger star than you out of that group? Maybe Ken oh, Patera. Oh, oh, Ken Patera and uh, I imagine Greg. Wow. I mean, I guess that makes sense when you look at the history and legacy of Vern, but boy, nobody saw this coming. And what an no, impact, I, what's man. funny is because Ken, you know, Ken was a, he won a bronze medal. He'd been, he'd been he declared the world's strongest man, which he was at that point in time. Today, his records are still un, aren't broken. Right. The stuff Ken can do. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll call him when I'm up there with um, Rob training and ask him what he thinks about it. <laughs> he did stuff people still can't do. 
<laughs> and he and he laughs at it. You know what I mean? He, he he's got a good attitude. But I mean, Ken has both knees replaced, both hips replaced, both shoulders replaced. I mean, he paid the price for all those years of weightlifting. And now Greg's got terrible back. He's got several operations, and Jim's knees are gone. And and I'm walking around, and you know. Battery last night, American Social tomorrow, who knows? Phoenix, oh, Arizona. <laughs> if I make it Thursday with Mike again and Mark Wahlberg Friday in, in Vegas. <laughs> hey, let's talk a little bit about, uh, since since we brought it up, and, and uh, or I guess you brought it up, training. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we did a show here, and uh, and then again on your party for the 50 Years of Flair, you, you posted something like, I'll never retire. And I guess what we talked about a few weeks ago was you saying, oh man, Ricky's going to wrestle again. I'm jealous. So now there's been all these reports. Oh, he's been going to Lincoln as if you were going to Lincoln, Nebraska. You were going to Lakeland to train with Rob's guy. As you said, you just wanted to be in shape, but there's a whole, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of folks who believe, oh no, Rick's getting ready to wrestle again. What are your immediate wrestling plans for it? That crazy? Why? Do, I don't know how it just keeps taking because off. I can't. When I, the, minute, the minute I say it, it inspires me to want to do it again. They think you're doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not that I couldn't. I I actually do. I will stand by this. I wish I hadn't said. I wish I hadn't said it was my last match, but and I don't want to disappoint you know a bunch of fans by doing it again. But I got myself into good shape, and then I you know made one drastic you know know what turned out to be drastic mistake by not hydrating but um i feel great i feel like i feel like as long as you're healthy and you want to do and you should do what you want to do when you get to my age i mean you know we're always we're always limiting ourselves to what things i feel like we limit ourselves to what people think we should be doing sometimes as opposed yeah. to what we're doing i get that does it make sense yeah that's a good look and, and i think maybe i maybe me wrestling um in Nashville and inspired Ricky to do it. He said, what the hell? I can do that for sure. Right. Right. And probably better. <laughs> and he probably will, you know, he'll look better. <laughs> he always has always will. It's just hard to think about, you know, we're, we're here. We are talking about celebrating 50 years of your career and you just had a match on this almost 50th anniversary. And, uh, you know, what, what would you say? Cause you've told us a lot about the training and how brutal it was. We know how, how tough it was. What was the best part of training? Did you have any fun at all? With, with Vern? Yeah. Oh, the best part of training was up um, on the weekends. We got together and went drinking every night. Well, there you go. Yeah. And with Vern, who's a lot of fun. He wants to wrestle everybody in the bar. No kidding. Vern Guinan was a lot of fun to go out and drink with. He was a real tough guy. When did you? When would you say you started to feel like all right, I got it. I'm figuring out this wrestling thing. Cause you said it was a long time before you even started to learn things like head, like takeovers and all that. But well, well, you don't understand my first match is against scrap iron, George Gadaski, right? Yeah. I kept thinking it was against Kenny J it was George Gadaski. I've, I've done research December 10th and I did. And Vern said, go out there and wrestle 10 minutes. I said, what? Go out there in 10 minutes. Do it, do what you do what you've learned. I haven't learned anything. <laughs> he said to me, see what you got. <laughs> That's the way it went back then, man. 
a little different than now, right? Uh, a lot different. Leslie, Leslie made you my first jacket. She did. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it was, it just, it was a learning process, man. It was hard. We, you know, that you'd, I can remember, um, and Leslie remembers this too. I, I would tell Leslie that I had to go work. And even though I wasn't booked, I would go on the road to the roads in Murdoch. <laughs> well, you were having and fun, a, that's for sure. And, and of course, while Ken was in Germany, we had to borrow his car to have a good car to ride in. <laughs> What's wrong? Oh, God. Those days, I don't mind. I mean, they, they threw me out of the car in the middle of North Dakota one time with all my clothes off, and they drove out of sight, and I said, this this might be disastrous. I couldn't see a light for a farmhouse or anything. <laughs> and sure enough, they made a U-turn and came down the road, and Murdoch was shooting his 9 millimeter in there, and they drove by me going, <laughs> I just stand there. <laughs> Canada, do you have no idea? Traveling with roads and Murdoch. Oh my God. They called me one time and told me, Dusty goes, Hey, we're going to be on Johnny Carson tonight. Get us to the airport, man. Don't tell anybody. So, God, I drove to the airport. I came home. I got Leslie Asker. I said, Roads and Murdoch. Johnny Carson. I never watched TV, right? <laughs> she never watched. And so, no roads and Murdoch. They went to Hawaii. <laughs> I'm waiting to watch him on Johnny Carson. I hate those bastards. <laughs> oh, the times we had back then, though, God, later. I mean, we'd go into a place called, uh, I can't think of it, I'm going to come to me, The Flame or something like that, downtown Minneapolis, and fights would break out, and they had that damn mule, Zeb. They'd, they'd ride that mule up on the stage and there'd be a big fight breakout. Larry, Larry, and he could say, ah, just sit back, kid, leave, leave light work to these guys. <laughs> we just watch these fights. I mean, it was just a different time of life. I mean, now, God, you wouldn't see anything like that in a bar now, but 70s was different. And of course, then Harley Race got shot um, at, the, at, the, at the chestnut tree or got got stabbed, no, got shot, got stabbed in a fight there. And when he got out of the hospital, he, he went by this place called Cal's Barbecue and blew all the windows out. <laughs> it was different, different times. Traveling with Harley Race was, a, was an experience, too, let me tell you. There isn't much. I look at the 50 years, I think what makes me different. I've just, there's nobody I haven't wrestled. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I look at the, the, the cast of characters, and I, I look at the show now, and I go, man, it's so different. I mean, I I can't even see Hanson and Brody wrestling right now. Right. I don't know. I don't, the, guy, the guys wouldn't know how to handle them. They wouldn't. Or Mulligan. I mean, Jesus Christ, you couldn't say a word to Jack without him punching somebody. Can you imagine one of the guys giving some shit to Harley Race? I mean, it's just a different time, and it, it just... Those are just, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it from, I actually made that video, my Mount Rushmore has to have Harley Race on it. Right. It just has to. Because it, to, even to this day, and, it, you know, and I'm the same way, Sean or Hunter, I'm sure, will say the same thing. There's, there's more Harley Race stories out there than anybody alive still. Right. 
He just was that goddamn tough and that crazy. Holy shit. When you watch modern wrestling, as we look back on 50 years of flair, what's the biggest difference between wrestling 50 years ago and now? Um, Oh, the, uh, the difference is, and, and, I, and I've got to, I've got to qualify this so that everybody understands what I'm saying. The difference is that you had to, um, number one, you wrestled so many more, you wrestled every possible imaginable character and style in the world. Right. And if you're in Japan, you had to fight for your life. Now it's, now it's, you know, it's, everything is much more under it's a much more controlled environment let's put it like that and of course it's the, the choreography is totally different than the old but there was no choreography you just you went out there and just um you know hope that you you know had the chemistry and through practice and trial and error you found the right guys and i was lucky enough to find a lot of guys that i had great chemistry with from from dusty to harley to terry to Somebody put something up yesterday about my 14 best matches, and I could I could agree with that. Um, Barry, I mean, I'll, and then of course wrestling an hour every night, and I don't. It's not that the guys couldn't do it. I I just don't think they have enough experience. Even the guys that have been in the business for 10 years to wrestle an hour every night, yeah. Was was I repetitive, which I've been accused of? Yeah, but when you wrestle an hour every night. Sometimes twice on Saturday and twice on Sunday, like I did with Morton and Steamboat a number of times, um, or Harley. What, what? How do you change it around? Right. You don't. But at the same time, if you're knocking it, let's you do it. And the answer to that is, I can't. So I'm pretty proud of the 50 years. I mean, I've, I've, I've probably if I've made mistakes, a lot of them have been not so much wrestling as they have been. Uh, the personal the personal decisions I've made in my life that have been absolutely crucially wrong. But as far as working in that, if I wanted to be who I am today, I, I couldn't have changed. I had to go to work. And that's why, uh, you know, I'm here today and why people still talk about me, I hope, and respect the body of work that I threw together. But at the same time, I had a lot of fun. And I'd be the first to sit here and say I was miserable. I had fun. You know, I mean, I made myself because a lot of it was so damn hard sometimes. Yeah. And I hate to keep knocking Wichita, but <laughs> Wichita on a Monday night, man, and what's going on? Or Hutchinson. Yeah. Or uh, Topeka. <laughs> if I had to go to Moscow for a week, I was going to find someone that could speak Russian. <laughs> I love you for that. It's <laughs> the truth. Like- and drink vodka. <laughs> Well, we know you did your fair share of that, and we're going to keep yeah, doing that. Well, just like you. <laughs> oh, yeah, and and we're going to keep doing that next week. We're going to be talking about, and I think we're actually going to watch along. I love watching old wrestling with you. You've admitted this wasn't your favorite title match ever, but, boy, it is an important one for WWE history. We're going to watch when you drop the title to Bret the Hitman Hart 30 years ago. Where does the time go? It's going to be a lot of fun, man. I'm 30 years cool. ago with me and Bret? Wait, no, yeah. And- Oh, wow. Yeah. Now that's when I had the vertical. It's going to be uh, a fun time. You're going to see Brett climb. Let's do ask, let's do ask nation next week. I like those. Yeah, we can do that. You want to do that next week? We'll do that. Yeah, I like, I, I like those, but they got a week to think about it and then ask anything. 
We'll do it. Ask Nate anything. We'll come back and we'll watch the uh, the flare match the following week. But next week, ask Rick anything right here. Including how much fun yeah, Conrad had with Rick before he married his daughter. That was a lot. It was a, a, <laughs> a, lot. a lot. I love you, man. A lot, a lot. Love you too, man. All that and more right here next week on To Be The Man. Woo! Woo!